0: Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code QUIET at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. And by The Great Courses Plus. Start learning about topics ranging from history to art and many more. Try it for free by visiting thegreatcoursesplus.com slash QUIET. This is Quiet, The Power of Introverts. I'm Susan Cain.
1: My name is Davis Nguyen. I consider myself an introvert.
0: You met Davis in our first episode. He was the introverted guy who ran for student body president in middle school and won. Today, Davis works as a consultant and a motivational speaker. So what's helped him learn to speak up?
1: Social media is one of the greatest things that's ever come out.
0: Yes, that's right, social media. We are so used to news about cyberbullying, internet predators, and sexting that it can be hard to remember that social media can also do a lot of good, especially for introverts.
1: Unlike face-to-face communication in large groups, you're not blasting a megaphone at everyone. And being able to connect with someone online has made it a lot easier because unlike being in person where sometimes it can be rude just to leave a middle of conversation. It's okay to uh, turn off my Twitter. It's okay to uh, just send a couple emails and then come back and then reply later.
0: As a very shy child of immigrant parents, Davis struggled to fit in.
1: Because my parents immigrated from Vietnam, my family wanted me to essentially assimilate myself into American culture. And here I was, this kid, this five, six-year-old, who even from the beginning of school, I wanted to just spend time alone.
0: Social media became a sort of lifeline for Davis. It helped him find like-minded friends, and eventually, it helped him change his life.
1: Because here I was, this kid from the south side of Atlanta, a school where people aren't supposed to go to Ivy Leagues. In fact, most people don't go to college. And I'm getting a chance to go into one of the most prestigious universities in the world.
0: Davis did the work, but social media was the tool that helped him build confidence and form important connections. So how did he do it? And how can your quiet children reap the benefits of social media while still avoiding its dangers? That's our topic for today, so stay with us as we explore both sides of our most talkative technology and its impact on our introverted children. Like many parents, I struggle with how much screen time to allow my kids. And as they grow and the technology evolves, I think a lot about what apps they can use and what sites they can visit. It's really important stuff. We all know screen time has a powerful effect on developing brains.
2: The more time young people spend in front of their screens and with their devices, the, the worse are their attention symptoms.
0: That's Gary Small. He's a professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at UCLA, where he directs the Memory and Aging Research Center. He's also the author of iBreen, Surviving the Technological Alteration of the Modern Mind. In a recent study, Dr. Small and his research team looked at a group of 13-year-olds who went away to nature camp. Now, when I was a young kid, I went to sleepaway camp in the mountains of upstate New York. It was weeks and weeks in the woods with friends and strangers and camp directors and way too much bug spray. Camp meant leaving the comforts of regular life behind for a while. But for today's kids... Leaving home for camp can also mean leaving behind technology, which provided Dr. Small with a perfect opportunity.
2: And the reason we wanted to study them was that they had five days at the camp without their screens, no technology whatsoever.
0: And their results may surprise you.
2: We found that after five days, they had significant improvements in their emotional and social intelligence. And that's a concern that uh, we've talked about in our books and our other writings. Today's young people, the digital natives who spend hours and hours with their technology, they are losing their abilities to communicate face-to-face. When you have a conversation, there's not a lot of eye contact. They probably don't notice nonverbal cues, and it's harder for them to recognize the emotional expressions during the conversation.
0: So the stakes are high, but that does not mean that technology is inherently dangerous. There are apps and games that have been shown to improve memory and mental function. And, says Dr. Small, social media can actually be a big help for a shy or introverted child.
2: Uh, The spontaneous interactions create a lot of anxiety and makes that kind of individual want to retreat from the social interaction. By using texting or instant messaging or email, it takes away some of that anxiety. There's more time to respond, to compose themselves, and to... Have those conversations.
0: And of course, shy kids often carry those anxieties into the classroom where they spend most of their days. But as more schools integrate computers and tablets into daily lessons, teachers are starting to notice something interesting.
3: I always thought some of these tools that we were using were going to be extra beneficial for those students who were extroverted and who um, perhaps had more trouble sitting still and were the classic kids that got in trouble for talking too much, you know, those kind of kids.
0: That's Royan Lee. Royan is a teacher in Ontario, Canada, and frequently speaks on technology and learning.
3: And little did I know after using it so much that one of the things that social media spaces and online blended learning environments were providing was a place for quiet students who weren't as stimulated by constant face-to-face interaction. It was providing them more time to think and more time to communicate with their classmates and share their ideas in a much more comfortable space.
0: Royan did not target his quiet students when he introduced social media into his classroom, but an unmistakable pattern began to emerge.
3: I I often found that the students in my class who preferred to be in the background, who didn't want everyone looking at them when they spoke, those were the ones that would just pop in there and share their most creative and um, really eye-opening ideas and uh, that's when I really started to make the connection that by having a blended learning environment in my class where people could share work both in person and online, um, it meant that there were a lot of different opportunities and different ways that people could talk to one another and share ideas.
0: I want to return now to Davis Wynn because I think his story illustrates this point so well. Davis was painfully shy when he was younger, But he had a deep intellectual curiosity.
1: Because I didn't have many friends, books became my friends. Every day I would just dive into reading a new book. And in elementary school and middle school, where I was picked on for this, in high school, it became a powerful trait.
0: He did well academically and began to dream of bigger things.
1: I remember when I was 13, and my grandma gave me $20. And I went out and I bought a poster of Harvard University. And I would just place this poster right next to my bed. I would just look at it. I would just dream about it. I would just think, this is what's going to separate my life from everyone else.
0: At the time, Davis lived in the south side of Atlanta, an area marked by poverty, unemployment, and high dropout rates.
1: My school was called the worst school district in the U.S. We became the first school district in 40 years to lose our accreditation. That's insane. Because it's so hard to lose your accreditation, as in we broke nine state mandates. That's incredible, breaking nine of them to lose our accreditation.
0: In 2008, Clayton County school made school national news tracks. when they lost accreditation. But this is only
3: the second time in 40 years this action has been taken against an entire school district, and it means that kids might not be able to qualify for scholarships.
0: And it took them nearly a year to regain it.
3: And I just kept thinking about 53,000 kids being thrown under the bus over the fact some adults didn't do what they were supposed to do, how accused know what they were supposed to do. So that's all I kept thinking
4: about. How could you do this to these children?
0: Davis realized he was going to need to get creative to achieve his dreams.
1: I found this website called College Confidential when I was a junior. And here was this site where people would just brag about their perfect scores, all their Science Olympiad medals, and so forth. And it's so easy to feel intimidated. But instead, I decided, wow, what can I learn from these people? And I think my love for books early on taught me that there are so many people smart smarter than me out there. As in I can look at them as competition or I can look at them as a way for me to build myself up.
0: Davis reached out to over a hundred students on the site asking for SAT tips or feedback on his admissions essay, something he never would have done in person.
1: And I would say about roughly 80 of them never replied back or just said no. But the twenty that did, they were able to help me give me feedback. And slowly my essays, they improved. My SAT scores improved because I was able to get help and recommendations about what resources to use.
0: Davis was accepted to both Yale and Harvard. He ended up attending Yale. And he believes the only reason he got in was because social media gave him the courage to reach out to strangers and ask for help.
1: One girl from Harvard told me that one of my essays I had spent 40 hours on was... Really bad," She said, probably one of the worst admissions essays that she's read. And it was one of the first essays I wrote for college admissions. And I thought it was good. But I'm so glad she gave me that feedback because I was able to throw it away. And the next essay I wrote turned out to be the one that I turned in to Yale and Harvard. But the fact that I was able to ask for help, I was able to get really good feedback.
0: Davis admits that it was a risk to put himself out there. And he acknowledges that not everyone was kind. But he also felt that he had nothing to lose. We're going to take a short break. When we return, we'll hear from another quiet teen who took a very different approach to social media. Plus, we'll give you concrete tips on how to help your child develop a healthy relationship with technology. That's after this message from our sponsors. This episode is funded in part by Squarespace. Can you think of a leading business or brand who doesn't have a website? It seems that everyone has an online presence these days, so it's a great time for you to take your business to the next level with a professional-looking website from Squarespace. Squarespace gives you all the tools you need to build a beautiful, user-friendly site, regardless of skill level. Their intuitive design makes building a website easy, so no coding required. And better yet, you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Start your free trial site today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code QUIET to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. And by The Great Courses Plus. Learning new things is one of my passions, and I'm sure it is for many of you, too. That's why I'm really excited about the new Great Courses Plus video learning service. With The Great Courses Plus, you get unlimited access to a huge library of The Great Courses lecture series, and subjects ranging from science to history and many more. Learn cooking skills that are sure to impress your friends and family with the course The Everyday Gourmet. This course is a great opportunity to learn valuable culinary tips from a master chef. For a limited time, The Great Courses Plus is offering my listeners a chance to stream The Everyday Gourmet, a $235 value, and hundreds of other courses for free. But this free offer is only available for a limited time, so hurry go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash quiet. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash quiet. And we're back. I'm Susan Kane and this is Quiet, the Power of Introverts. Today, we're talking about social media. In spite of all of the negative things out there about social media, it can help quiet kids find their voice. But as a recent study confirmed, it's extroverts who dominate social media and shape how it's used – and the pressure to put it all out there all the time has some introverts saying, no, thank you.
4: I don't rely on social media. That's Julia Perlmutter,
0: a college freshman from New Jersey and an introvert and intern at Quiet Revolution.
4: Um, I think that there is a societal uh, pressure to uh, make it appear on social media that uh, we all have a buzzing social life are constantly doing fun things. And um, I think introverts and extroverts alike um, kind of assume that the picture that people paint of themselves on social media is actually representative of what their day to day life is actually like when in reality, it's just a biased set of moments of people's day-to-day experiences.
0: And, says Julia, this warped picture is far from benign.
4: I think that the fiction created by social media is extremely dangerous because oftentimes if we assume either consciously or subconsciously that everyone around us is happier more of the time or life is coming more easily to them than ourselves, then... Um, we'll really start to question whether there's something wrong with us or what do other people have that we don't. And this sense of being an outsider, of not fitting in, can be even more difficult for quieter kids who are often more sensitive than their more extroverted peers. Adolescents tend to have a lot of insecurities to begin with and are still uh, figuring out um, what their interests are uh, who they want to be friends with, what they like, what they want to do in the future. Uh, so because they are already in this very vulnerable state, uh, all of the negative impacts of social media are kind of magnified. Educator
0: Royan Lee agrees, but he says the answer is not to shield your kids from social media.
3: One thing that I learned in as a teacher in particular was this strange sort of paradox where I'd often find that parents who took a very positive approach to their the use of their children's technology often had children who used the technology positively. And anytime I noticed parents um, trying to control things that are very difficult to control about the use of technology or taking a real um, hard-line stance with it, I often found that it inevitably... <laughs> created a situation where their children would rebel and inevitably end up doing the kinds of behaviors and tasks that we don't desire, whether it's cyberbullying or, um, you know, taking inappropriate images and so on.
0: The key, says Royan, is to help your kids develop social media literacy as early as possible, preferably in elementary school.
3: In my experience, it's always easier to start younger and develop habits because, um, when you develop ha- positive habits, then you start a trend in the way that your, your children approach the devices.
0: Royan is the father of three, and his middle child, Jackson, is an introvert.
3: I, I definitely noticed that he's drawn to digital spaces a lot more for communication and for learning as well, and for interacting with people. So I've, I've seen a lot of positive there. But then, you know, as a parent too, I'm always wary about making sure that it's always balanced out. That just because that you're drawn to those spaces doesn't mean that it's the only spaces in which you should reside, you know?
0: It's important to monitor your child's use of social media to make sure that it doesn't become a substitute for real relationships. But the good news is that quiet kids often use online exchanges as a kind of dress rehearsal for interactions with their peers offline. Platforms like Facebook and Snapchat make it easier to learn about each other in less threatening ways, without the fear of sweaty palms and flushed cheeks. And as they gain confidence through those virtual interactions, they're more inclined to try them in the real world. That's what happened with Davis Wynn. After graduating Yale with honors, he took the ideas that got him into school up a notch.
1: For example, Ralph Potts, who wrote this book called Vagabonding, has always been a hero of mine because he gave me a love for my travel. He's a big introvert, and I found out that he wanted to address a group of students. So I just shot him an email, and I said, I would love to help you put on this event. And we were able to get about an audience of about 250 people to come out for his talk, and he was just blown away.
0: It worked so well that Davis launched a blog called Click With Anyone.
1: So every week I would do my research on one person who I look up to and I would find a way to be helpful for them. And instead of trying to sell myself and being extroverted, I use what I naturally know. I'm an introvert. I love caring about people. I'm better listening than I am at speaking. And so I would use that to my advantage and do my best to connect with them and help them in some way that I can. So with Click With Anyone, every week, it is very scary sending that email to someone I don't know. I always think someone's going to say, you're annoying, stop emailing people. I always think that's gonna happen, but it's never happened. And in fact, I've been able to just travel so so many places to meet so many different people who only a year or two ago were just pe just names on a book that I was reading or a subtitle on a TED talk. And here I am having lunch with these people. Here I am hosting events for them. Here I am running with them. And it all and all these outcomes came from the fact that it was just a little bit stretching myself every day and it's not jumping completely out of my comfort zone, but just extending it just a few inches every, every week.
0: And that's the key to help quiet kids to use social media as a tool for development, but not as a crutch to avoid face-to-face encounters. And I know it works because it was just this kind of incremental approach that I used to get comfortable with public speaking. And it's also what brought Davis Wynn into my life. I was one of the people Davis reached out to after he saw my TED talk. And now it's time to give you some concrete tips on how to help your quiet child navigate social media. But first, if you're the parent of a quiet child ages three to nine, I'm excited to tell you about a new online course we've created that I really think can change the way you parent your child. It includes interactive features like a tool to help you decide when and when not to press your child out of her comfort zone, and scripts to help you advocate for your child with those who say he's too shy. You'll also have the chance to interact with other parents of quiet kids. To check out the course, visit learn.quietrev.com. Okay, and now for our tips. Number one, sit down with your child and analyze what is really happening behind all those smiles and likes he sees on social media. Give him the tools he needs to realize that his friend's profiles are not necessarily reality, but are often just an artificially curated version of their lives. Number two, screen time interferes with sleep, period. It just does. The screens need to vanish at least an hour before bedtime if you want to guarantee your child a good night of shut eye. And number three, encourage your child to use social media, not only as a refuge, but also as a bridge from the online world to real life connections. And remember the time to forge these habits, if you can, is when your child is still young, preferably during the elementary school years. That's it for our show today. Quiet, the power of introverts was produced by Carrie Hillman in partnership with Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. This episode was edited by Christy Miners and mixed by Jason Gambrell. Our music was composed by Alexis Quadrado. Special thanks to everyone at Quiet Revolution. If you've enjoyed listening to Quiet the Power of Introverts, please, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. I know it seems like a small thing but it's one of the best ways to help other people find our show. Next week on Quiet, the link between giftedness and introverted children. I'm Susan Kane, Thanks for listening. Are you ready to finally access your intuition, to dive deeper into your soul's purpose, to manifest abundance, joy, peace, and ease, and let it all be fun? Well, if so, come check out the Highest Self Podcast. It's the number one spirituality podcast. And now we're on video here on Spotify. My name is Sahara Rose. I'm here to be your
1: spiritual bestie, and I can't wait to share my grounded approach to spirituality with you. So tune into Highest Self Podcast, and I'll see you there.